Well, welcome back to Two Pastors and a Mic. My name is Shannick. And I'm Corey. And we're thankful that you're with us today, wherever yep. you're listening from. Right now, if you haven't done so, would you just please leave a review? You can do that on Apple Podcast. You can rate us, give us stars. And we actually get a ton of encouragement. We do. It's episode those. 90. And if you've been with us the whole time and haven't left a review, what are you doing? <laughs> what are you doing by now? <laughs> we need it. <laughs> <laughs> so what question of the week? What we got this week? So what is your... Well, we're recording on October 4th. We released this episode on October 5th. Okay. But today, October 4th, is my eight-year wedding anniversary. Happy anniversary, dude. Happy anniversary to me. I can't believe I made it this long. But the question is, is proposal story. Give the people what they want. How did you propose? How did you question? So for me, a little bit of a funny story story. with this. We both got great stories. I think I've shared it maybe on the podcast, but very quickly, I will go through it again. So I had this whole thing planned. I was taking Melanie to the spaghetti factory. She loves Italian food. Not that it's great Italian, but it's in close proximity to the river. They do have the best ranch dressing on the salad. Oh, do they? Okay. Oh, my goodness. All right. So I, I planned out this dinner. And then we were going to take a carriage down to this spot already picked out, a horse and carriage buggy thing. Oh, through downtown? Through downtown, down to the river, and we were going to get off, and they were going to (laughs) leave. I remember. You know, so I had this whole thing planned out. So we get to the spaghetti factory, and as we're walking in, the carriage with the horse is already out front. And Melanie, as we're just sitting there waiting for our table, getting ready to walk in, put in our name, come back out, she's like, who would ever get in one of those? I'm like, what are you talking about? She's it's like, for you. she's like, so you just sit there and look at that horse's butt the whole time. No, thanks. I'll never get in a horse and carry horse and buggy. And I'm like, that horse and buggy's there for us. What the frick? <laughs> and you were so gonna, were you going to propose whole, on it? No, 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 no. It was just going to drive us through downtown and to a take us down to a spot by the river. So I, I'm sitting there the whole dinner thinking, what am I going to do? Can I still take her on it? She just said she won't go on it. What am I going to do? <laughs> What the frick am I going to do now? What did you do? So I'm like, ah, I got to call an audible. So I ended up just going back to my car and we drove down, parked under the- you So know, you didn't the, even the, do it? No, we didn't. Did you have to pay for it? I already prepaid. Oh my goodness. So it just sat there. And that I'm guy trying was... to think, I, I don't even know uh, if I gave him like a little signal. I didn't. I think we were there. I couldn't. And He probably I just didn't know who him. you were. No, I just ghosted him. So you're him. just like, oh, this guy. <laughs> He's been sitting there for like three hours waiting for his ride. I just ghosted him, dude. Dude, that is wild. So that was my proposal story. Did you ever tell her? Yeah. It, oh, yeah. And what did, what was her response? She said, oh, I would have got on it. I'm like, but you told <laughs> just, me <laughs> before dinner, you would never be caught dead on one of those things. And I'm like, oh, whatever. That is awesome. So what do you got? What's your proposal story? Mine's pretty phenomenal, actually. Actually, it starts with, I got to give some backstory because many people don't know. The family that I married into is the famous Tim Martin, who, if you're from Southern Indiana, most people know Tim Martin. He is as crazy as I am. And I love the dude, but I'll never forget. We were, when I just started dating his daughter, it was like two weeks in to the relationship and I'm driving up with him to go watch his other son compete. He swam at IU. So we're going up to watch one of his competitions and he says something sarcastically or jokingly, knowing that I'm a pastor. He's like, you know, if you if this works out with Julia and you come to me to ask for her hand in marriage, you better bring like a goat or an animal, you know, <laughs> like an old Old Testament sacrifice. Right. But he said it like nonchalantly. It was a joke. Everybody right. laughed. It was like, whatever. But you took mental note. Dude, I brought that guy a goat. <laughs> One, the story is Christian Roberts, his dad has a goat farm. 
And so him, we actually had it videoed, but I think Cody Tevis, and I'm just going to blast him right here, lost the video. It was me, Cody, Christian, and Trey. And we went to this goat farm to catch this goat. It took us hours to catch these, like a goat. <laughs> and the, the final moment, Christian dove for this goat and tackled this goat. And we took it and drove it to Jeffersonville. And I'm standing in his driveway holding a goat. And he comes out. I never even asked permission to marry his daughter. He knew. He knew right away. He came out and he goes, I know what this is about. And Jenny, if you know Jenny, she come out and like, why has he got to go? What's going on? And and Tim just looked at me and goes, you have permission. I never asked. I just had this goat. <laughs> so fast forward to- Hold on. What did you do with the goat? Did you just re- <laughs> I don't release even remember. it? I think we brought it back to the goat farm, but Christian said that that goat actually had a disease and died like a couple weeks later. Oh man. Okay. Anticlimactic story. But yeah, so my wedding, I, I had, or not my wedding, but my proposal- I'm a, you know, what do they call it? Like a heartless romantic, not a heartless, but romantic at helpless, heart. a helpless, not heartless. Rom- I'm a helpless romantic. So I had Is it this helpless or hopeless. Uh, who knows? I think hopeless I just romantic. All of it. I think it's a hopeless romantic. <laughs> Whatever. I, we're going to have to Google that. Anyways. So I had this plan where Julia dropped me off at the airport on a Friday. I told her I had a speaking engagement in Florida and she dropped me off and I sent her on a scavenger hunt. She had to go to different places all around New Albany and Floyd's knobs and she went and got her nails done. She met a friend for breakfast. So she had to go to all these clues that I had. And after she dropped me off at the airport, my brother came and picked me up like 10 minutes later and drove me down to Nolan Lake where their parents have um, a lake house. Yep. And the clues took her for like four hours around the town and eventually was like, you need to drive to your parents' lake house. I set up a photo shoot for you. There'll be clothes waiting. So she gets there. There's a yep, dress, dress. hanging. There's photo. Now she says she she started to figure out, but there's no way. And I had all of our family and friends in boats out in the bay. So when she came down, I was on the dock. Yeah. And she was like, "What are you doing here?" And she was all dolled up, and I proposed right there, and then we partied that night. So yeah. Awesome. It and it time. is hopeless romantic. Hopeless romantic. A hopeless whatever. romantic is someone who continues to believe in love no matter the struggles they might have experienced in the past. I'm glad you read that definition because I didn't understand why it was called a hopeless romantic. Yeah. Because they've had a lot of struggles in the past, but they keep hoping for it. We're a believer in love. I want to know what love is. All Look right, at me so, <laughs> so here's we're what we're diving doing. into something new. Yeah, it's for not the next really. uh, probably ten weeks, but yeah, it's not necessarily something new. We're going back to episode one. Yep. And in episode one of this podcast, we talked about the idea of you have permission. And very quickly on that podcast, we went through just 10 different things that we get asked about all the time. And Mm -hmm. we just wanted to give you our listener, uh, just some freedom to actually live life. And, um, that's what kicked off the podcast. And so we thought it would be great because this is episode 90. So from now episode 90 to episode 99, we would go through more in depth, those 10 things that we talked about, Mm -hmm. um, and actually unpack those for you and lead up to our 100th episode. Which is crazy. I was actually looking at podcast stuff and they say most podcasts die before episode 10. Like uh, 90% of podcasts stop after episode 10 and 90% of those that keep going stop after episode 20. Yep. So the fact that we're going to be having 100 here soon is awesome. And I love that we're going back to unpack some of these. And, and maybe if you've been listening new, you forgot. But you have permission to 
comes from what Paul was telling the church in Corinth in 1 Corinthians 6, verse 12. He says, everything is permissible. Now, they were talking about sexual stuff here in this, this, he was challenging uh, sexual purity. But he said, everything is permissible, but not everything is beneficial. And I know I have a friend group that makes fun of this phrase all the time. But if you truly think about the reality, what Paul was trying to teach, the, the end of the day is so many people are relying on other people's convictions or relying on people that they look up to to tell them how to live, that they don't know how to access the Holy Spirit for themselves. Yep. To say, hey, look, you Max. can do everything. Everything is permissible, but everything might not be beneficial. And you got to think about the real life consequences and or the real life outcomes of some of the decisions that we choose to make. You know, you want to, you win the lottery and you spend it all. That's a decision you want, you can make and you have permission to do that. But how about setting up generationally so that people never have to struggle in your bloodline. That'd be crazy. But 1 Corinthians 10, 23 also says it this way. I have the right to do anything, but not everything is beneficial. In fact, not everything is constructive. And I know you love that phrase. Yeah, no, I absolutely love that phrase because it goes along the lines of this idea of being uh, beneficial. Is it something that is building our life and building into our identity and who we are, or is it taking away from it? And we also have to rely, like you said, on on the Holy Spirit to really guide us to the truth, the the truth of who we are, the truth of how we make decisions. Is this not necessarily, is this wrong or is this right? But man, is this the most wise thing to do that aligns with my identity? And so, yeah, you have permission. All things are permissible, but not everything is beneficial. Yeah. And I know we, of course, get asked multiple times, maybe even weekly, is this something that I can do? Mm Mm-hmm. And they always want to turn it back into um, an action. And they think that because of this action, they might fall in or out of favor with God. But we're here to tell you that you are in permanent favor. Permanent, keyword As a son, of, son, son or daughter of God. And so we just want to walk through this. So the first, um, the first permission we want to give you is we want to give you permission to ask questions. Yeah, this is a plethora of things. Ask questions. When we say you have permission to ask questions, specifically since we're both pastors and in ministry, you have permission to ask any type of spiritual question. You have permission to ask questions about God. You have permission to ask questions about the scriptures, which that will be an episode here in a couple weeks. You have permission to ask any type of faith question, but you also have permission to ask any type of question ever. In fact, you don't grow by having all the answers, and you definitely don't grow by believing that you have all the answers. And uh, one of our spiritual fathers always says it this way, like, there is a belief system that all of us, including myself, believe currently right now that is wrong. And we obviously, we don't know it's wrong yet, but you will look back and be like, wow, I lived from a wrong belief for many, many years, regardless of what the situation is. And I know in my personal, especially around my personal upbringing, especially in college and university, is I was discouraged from asking questions or I was labeled because I asked questions that I either had weak faith or that I was that controversial or that I wasn't, what's it called when you're like, just get in line and follow through. Like I wasn't that guy. And so I was labeled in my classes as this guy, oh, be careful for this guy because he'll ask Troublemaker, questions. Troublemaker, disruptor. The, yeah, the disruptor, the mischievous person that always always has questions or always doesn't do the status yeah. quo, so to speak. Yeah. And I think we kind of got this way as a culture and a society to not be able to ask questions because we've learned even from a very young age, um, even before we started school from our parents, it's, you know, 
do what I say, or here's what you need to know. And then we get into school, even from kindergarten all the way up through elementary and high school, even in college, it's done in a way that is very lecture style. Let me just set up here and tell you all the facts, tell you what to do, tell you how to behave, tell you what to believe. And it was never done in a atmosphere of conversation, but of dictation Mm. of this is what it is. And I'm just going to read this stuff to you. And this is what you need to know. And this is how you need to behave. Yeah. Cause then you get labeled if you, if you start asking those questions and the reality is, is not only do you have permission to ask questions, but you have permission to answer questions with questions. And we talk a lot about this on the podcast, a lot about this in our life is look at the life of Jesus actually recorded in scripture. There are 183 questions in the gospels that Jesus was asked. He only answered three of them. And most of the time of those three, he might've even answered it with a question. Uh, because with this topic, you have to be okay, not only with answering a question with a question, but being okay with not even having your questions answered. Right. And it's so frustrating. I know for me, I'll come to you with something and whatever it is, Hey, what do you think about this? And most of the time your first response is, well, what do you think about it? Yeah. And I'm like, no, I, I just ask you, I, I need you to tell me what you think about it. Yeah, I do this too. And you immediately then put it back on me and I have to try to explain or um, kind of give an answer to how I feel or what, I, what I'm thinking or what I believe about something, but it's not what I wanted. So I get very frustrated or I'll, I'll go to you or maybe someone else and I'll ask them something and they're like, you know, I, I don't, I don't really know. And I'm like, well, I need, I need an answer. You should know the answer. And I think I would say we talked on one of the podcasts a long time ago about not putting us on a pedestal, like Mm -hmm. us as pastors on a pedestal. And one of the reasons for that, and I think for me, and this kind of, I won't say destroys me, but the hardest thing that I feel like um, I do as a pastor sometimes is I have to tell people I don't know. And I sometimes, honestly, I hate being that guy that says, <clears throat> oh, I don't know, yeah. but I have to be willing to be, and we'll have a podcast on that being willing to say, I don't know. But when we're asking questions, sometimes we need to sit in that. Sometimes there might not be an answer to our questions. And I think it's sometimes a good thing because it causes us and forces us to venture out, to put in more study and above everything else, it forces us to lean into Holy spirit a little bit more Yeah, and what he wants to say because he does guide us into all truth. And so most of us have gotten comfortable in having other people tell us answers instead of the spirit giving the answer that we need. Especially around like doctrine and what to believe. A lot of people have a stance about what they believe because they have an emotional attachment to the person that gave it to them and they haven't done the study themselves. And I think especially around faith conversations, and this is all types of faith, is there is a lack of curiosity within the faith movement, not just the Christian faith movement, but faith all around, is we have become so dogmatic in what we believe that we leave very little room for dialogue, like you said, and dialogue happens because of curiosity. And I know that most conversations that I'm a part of, this has been a, a life motto for me the last couple of years, especially especially it was... It was uh, motivated from that Ted Lasso, Ted Lasso. episode yep. where he's like, be curious, not judgmental. Mm-hmm. And the reality is, is if you wash another person's feet, you will actually find out why they walk the way that they do. Mm-hmm. And this is like a life lesson of being flexible and being teachable and being curious, not just, 
having all the answers because you don't have all the answers. But maybe your curiosity, even if you disagree with someone's answer to a question or a topic, maybe your curiosity will allow you to not only keep a relationship, but grow. Because maybe they do have a perspective that's different from yours, and maybe that perspective you'll adopt yeah. over time. Yeah, or even if you disagree with their perspective on something, it will cause growth yep. that way too. Because you'll have to know why you disagree. Right, and, and this goes back to, you mentioned the curiosity. It goes back to us as a culture um, and a society, we're raised in this idea where we can't ask questions. We can't be curious. Matter of fact, there's this common phrase, and it's, uh, it says, curiosity killed the cat. Mm-hmm. You ever heard that? Curiosity killed the cat. And we use that to say, don't be curious. Yeah. Don't venture out. Or your curiosity You're going to get you. you in trouble. Yep. Uh, but you actually kind of told me this. I didn't know this, but you did this whole study on different quotes and where they come from. Well, this is one of the ones where they stop short yep. because the actual quote is curiosity killed the cat, but satisfaction brought it back. Yeah. Like, okay, you might get yourself into trouble. You might get in into some things that, you know, you might not want to, but you keep doing it. You keep seeking, you keep being curious because eventually there's going to bring satisfaction into your life mm-hmm. and life back to you. Yeah. So curiosity killed the cat, but satisfaction brought it back. So it actually means the opposite of how we use it. We use it to deter people from being curious, seeking new skills and learning new ideas, but there really is no such thing as too many questions. Yeah, it's so good. Yeah, curiosity. And and that satisfaction might be not necessarily a specific answer. There might not be an answer to the questions that you have, but eventually you'll get satisfied with not needing to know that answer and be okay with that. And that attracts so many people. I know even, again, this is our world, is so many people have dogmatic stances about subjects they actually have not studied. And no one wants to actually have that conversation with them because they're not curious. They're not approachable. They're not interested in opposing beliefs because they think they've already had it figured out and their life already mapped out. And so I've even done this with uh, parenting. So I've been really trying to be a very intentional father with my kids. And so I've implemented a different parenting tool given to me by this resource that, that Julie and I pay attention and they, they challenged us to, instead of asking how their day was or, hey, and, and I did this every day because I picked my kids up from school every day. My first question in the door was, hey, can you guys tell me something that you learned today? And they said, don't ask that question. They said, instead, ask this question. And I've been implementing this over the last couple of weeks. They say, do you have any questions about anything that you learned today? And the conversations that I've had with my almost eight-year-old has blown my mind I was putting him to bed. We have this new routine. It just started 10 days ago. I'll go, I'll go downstairs. He loves to scratch my back. So he goes, dad, can I scratch your back? So I'll lay down in his bed and he'll scratch his back. And I'll ask this question. Hey bud, do you have any questions about anything you learned today? And no joke last week, he goes, yeah, dad. He goes, we've been learning the 12 God and goddesses of Greek mythology. What, why do not many people believe in that? And I was like, caught off guard and my answer was well I don't I don't know I can't I can't speak for everybody next question well if if God is like the creator of the universe who created him it's like buddy that is a question you will have for the rest of your life and he kind of looked at me like what does that mean and then dude right away 
well, dad, how, how does electricity happen? His mind was just, yeah. and I know I would have used to carry this thing of like, I got to teach him everything I know about God in the Bible. And, and it was just like, who gives a flying freak? Like this kid has got so many years. Yeah. I'm just going to allow him to let his curiosity expand. And we got to talk about windmills and dams in the river and how they all work to give electricity and different things. And he was just like asking these questions. And it all started because I, I stopped asking the question, what did you learn today? And I started asking the question, do you have any questions about anything you learned? And it's been life-changing. Yeah, so I do have a perfect illustration of this as well. So I didn't know about, about all this until you began to talk about it um, as far as really changing it up. Because when you ask your kids, hey, how was school today? Good, Yep. You fine. get the same answers. It, it's just those one-word answers. But to talk about and ask, hey, do you have any questions about something you learned today? And so um, I was with Titus last night we were on our way up to Seymour for a sectional, just him and I in the car, the rest of the family stayed home. And we're going up and he's watching this thing and I, I caught myself because I said, hey bud, how did, uh, how'd your day go? Because they weren't in school yesterday. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it was good. And I said, so um, uh, you have any questions on- Oh, how, you implemented like, this I did, question? yes, last night. That's awesome. Hey, do you have any questions about something you saw or was you know reading about or something in school happened over the last couple of weeks? Are you, curious about anything have any questions and it's like no and then about 30 seconds later he goes well so dad why what is 669 (laughs) (laughs) sorry to go there you just sorry to go there i know i I, (laughs) and i'm like i thought this was gonna be like some spiritual no 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 it is spiritual it is amazing (laughs) that's why i'm sharing it because things like this i'm like yeah he learned that He's got two older brothers. Why are, you, why are you thinking about that? And then he says, actually, he goes, well, this this football player always wears 69 on his shorts. And then some of the kids, whenever they say it, I, I've heard it in school and they laugh. Mm. Like, what is it? And then so I just had, got to talk. Grade. He's in fifth grade. Did you tell him what it was? Or you, do you, I mean, not in detail. <laughs> not in detail. But, yeah, I went in to talk about some things. And, he, and he's just like, oh, that's gross. And I'm like, yeah, you think so now, bud, but you know, <laughs> no son, <laughs> but way too much. Info. <laughs> but I did not go into detail, but I'm just saying though, it actually yep. liberated him to feel comfortable enough to, to ask that question dude. That's because amazing. he's been curious. Yeah. He's and been I thought it was a long? huge win. I don't care if that's what huge he's asking. As a matter of fact, I'm so proud of him for asking me. Yeah. About the that. fact that he felt comfortable enough to ask you about something yeah. Because it honestly, it happened because you changed the question. Yeah, 100%. Because it gets them actually thinking about, yeah. okay. And I didn't even share that with you before. I've been waiting till that, that spot. That is awesome. In the podcast. Yeah, you threw me off guard. <laughs> I knew I would. And so actually, there's a really good book. Uh, it was uh, recommended to me by a friend, uh, a leadership book. It's called The Question Behind the Question. And it's all about helping humanity, regardless of what industry you work in, is asking better questions and being more curious in your line of work. And he, he says this, he says, asking the right questions for only me changes me. And, and here are some examples, like what can I do right now? Because everyone tends to ask the question, what can we do? And if everybody is asking the question, what can we do? Then no one is asking the question, what can I do? Because wow. I'm only really responsible for right. myself. Make it personal. And so I'm just going to read through this list. Do you want to chime in on any of these or do you, it you, matter. you cut me off? We can go, you want to just go all 
You do yeah. the what's, I'll go through the house. Okay, yeah. That? They ask a whole bunch of questions. They say, here are some better ways to ask questions. What can I do to make a difference? What can I do to develop myself? What can I do to show that I care? What can I do to better understand each person I manage or oversee? What can I do to help out or improve the situation or organization that I work for? What can I do to find the information I need to make a better or more wise decision? What action can I take to own this difficult situation that we might be walking in, whether that's relationally or at work? And then what action can I do? Um, oh, did I just read that one? What solution, solution? what solution then can I provide? Yeah. And, and again, we're emphasizing the I. Yeah. It's always the I. Because yeah, it's what you are responsible for. So how can I support the team? How can I be a better leader? How can I become more engaged? How can I communicate more effectively? How can I appreciate people's gifts and strengths just the way they are? Hmm. How can I provide more value? How can I add more value to you? How can I set a better example? How can I do my job better today? How can I make a difference today? How can I be more creatively, uh, or how can I more creatively reach my customer? How can I achieve with the resources I already have? And how can I help move the project forward? Yeah, what could I have done differently and how can I learn from this experience are all great questions. And that, again, that book, you, maybe you don't even need to get the book because we just gave you most of the questions that they challenge the reader to ask. But this reality is, is you are responsible for your growth. And I, one of my teachers used to say, the lowest form of education or the lowest form of teaching is have you repeat what I say but the highest form of teaching is turning you into a critical thinker and not like a, a negative critical thinker, but making you be curious about what you believe in. Why, what, what, why do you hold on to this belief? And why is there so much division on this belief? Maybe even politically, what can you learn for why people have the stances that they have or the vote the way that they vote? Like what experiences are they going through or what do they actually seek? In, ter in terms of change and policies and all these things. And that is across the board. Yeah. And so there you have it. Be a critical thinker. Be curious. You have permission to ask questions. And if you like this so episode and if this episode helped you out, why don't you send it to somebody who you think would benefit from our conversation today. And as always, know that you are loved and there is nothing you can do about it. 